Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of This Week in History. I have a feeling the wrong banner came up. Let's do that, do that at the beginning, end of the show this week. I uh, just noticed there was an issue there. But thank you for uh, joining us live-ish on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And, of course, you can always listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We are part of the Ontario Independent Podcasting Network and the Johnners Podcasting Network over in the UK. We want to thank our sponsor, CoolBet, for being a part of our show and reminding you to stay cool and bet responsibly. And we want to remind you to head over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com backslash scumbagswrestling where you can choose from any of our four t-shirts. If you buy the comic book Independent Wrestling from Ontario shirt, you're going to sponsor and help out Stevens Wrestling Journey with carrying malformation research at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. So head over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com backslash scumbags wrestling and you can get yourself a really great t-shirt. We're working on a couple of new designs and also going to be uh, getting a separate store on our website which will have things like hats and mugs and all the other stuff, but our t-shirts will be exclusive to Pro Wrestling Tees. So check us out there, and we are going to be looking at the week of August 6th to the 12th. We have uh, things coming up, including the G1 in uh, Japan, a couple of those, a couple of uh, Hardcore Justice from uh, TNA, and we got some uh, stuff from Monday Night uh, Raw and Nitro uh, Monday Night Wars uh, stuff going on. And a whole bunch of other things. Some births. I don't think any deaths this week. So that's a good thing. But uh, we can't do it until we head over to Niagara Falls. And welcome, Jonesy. How are you, sir? Just fantastic. Having a good week so far? Oh, the heat? It's pretty oh. hot. But uh, no, it was a good day. Went for a walk. Uh, they were filming a uh, television show that's new on the Peacock Network called Take Note. It's a musical uh, TV series. And they were filming down today at the end of Clifton Hill, right by the falls, in, in, the, in the very beginning of the park. Yeah, I saw your uh, post earlier, but I uh, didn't totally read what all these uh posted i just saw the pictures and i think i saw your caption said about like going back in time so i thought for a moment it was uh maybe murdoch mysteries uh being oh. there because they're yeah they filmed all over ontario uh to do some of their scenes and if they were doing a scene at uh the falls would have made sense for going back in time yes that's a turn of the century in 1900s but Instead, it's the show that you uh, take note. That uh, I guess yeah, it was a bus stop that uh, said uh, Los Angeles, and I knew they were filming, and just walked by this bus stop, and I looked at it, and I went Los Angeles, and there was a guy there that was uh, fiddling with it, and it's uh, I was like, I have to take a picture of that. That's just I don't know. That's just neat. Yeah, of course, and you know, 
who knows, maybe if he'd been close enough, he could have been like an extra walking through uh, uh, towards the bus stop. But That's true. That's true. You never know what can happen. And hey, all I know uh, is I did miss that bus. Ontario is uh, a good place to be filming uh, movies and TV shows. And a lot cheaper than uh, going to Hollywood or uh, even New York. But, like you said, we are here, it's Thursday, 12 p.m., and we are looking at the week of August 6th to the 12th. So if you're ready to dive in, let's talk about wrestling. All right, let's uh, dive in. August 6th, 28 years ago in Sheffield, England, Hulk Hogan would have his final match in the WWF after almost a decade of Hulkamania after defeating Yokozuna by DQ in a WWF championship match. Hogan would, of course, would return to the WWE years later in 2002. 23 years ago in Tennessee, Chris Candido and Brian Lee regained the Smoky Mountain Tag Belts just one day after losing the titles to the Rock and Roll Express. Would Candido and Lee lose the title back to the Express two days later? We'll find out. Yeah, and as you see here in the picture, it's uh, Chris Candido, which we know is uh, Skip, a very young uh, Tammy Sitch holding the titles. And, of course, Brian Lee, uh, who became the Underfaker, and yes. also Chains, the leader of the uh, DOA, uh, when they were doing gang warfare, and everybody split off uh, into biker gangs, bariquas, and militants. Look at Sunny there. She looks as young as Britney Spears when she said, and had her first album come out. Wow. And unfortunately, the road that uh, yeah. is taking. Oh, my God. Britney Spears could actually play Sunny. Wow. Anyways, uh, we'll go to 26 years ago. WCW presented Clash of the Champions 31 which took place from uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, Sting and Road Warrior Hawk defeated Bing and Kurosawa uh, when Hawk pinned Kurosawa. After the match, Hawk would suffer a broken arm courtesy of Kurosawa. Uh, this would give Hawk time to heal his already damaged arm and a back injury from over a year ago. Unfortunately, also on the card was the Renegade. Uh, he defeated uh, Paul Orndorff, who recently passed away, uh, to retain the WCW World Television Championship. Harlem Heat and Sister Sherry defeated Bunkhouse Buck, Dick Slater, and Colonel Robert Parker to earn a WCW World Tag Team Championship match. And Big Man Beater defeated Arn Anderson and Ric Flair in a handicap match. Yeah, it's always amazing to look back at some of those and where uh, some people are and what they end up doing. And, you know, just looking at some of this uh, list, you know, Road Warrior Hawk, unfortunately, he's gone. The Renegade, Paul Orndorff, there uh, have departed. Sherry is gone. Uh, I think Dick Slater just recently passed on. Vader, of course, is gone. Arn is working with AEW. You got Flair potentially working at AEW as he just recently got out of his uh, WWE contract. Sting is over in AEW right now. Uh, Booker is still working for WWE here and there. And you got Bunkhouse Buck, who was Terry Golden. And I didn't know about that. But then Bunkhouse Buck, you see how he was in WCW and then became Jack Swagger's daddy. 
Oh, hmm. So yeah, just where everybody went over those uh, since those twenty six years that Clash uh, Thirty One happened. Let's get that out of the way. There we go. All right, and we're going to continue. 20 years ago on Raw's War from Anaheim, California, Tajiri defeated X-Pac to win the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. And the main event that night saw The Rock defeat Shane McMahon in a street fight. 14 years ago on Raw from Buffalo, New York, Vince McMahon returns to WWE after being kayfabe murdered. The storyline of his death was scrapped due to the Benoit double murder-suicide thing. Uh, having a fake McMahon funeral was decided to be in bad taste. To explain his supposed death, McMahon said he faked his own death to see what people really thought of him. McMahon would announce a 20-man over-the-top battle royal for the Raw General Manager post, which was won by William Regal. Later that night, McMahon was slapped with a paternity suit regarding an illegitimate lost son. Who could that be? Yeah, well, that... I'm sure it won't be a disappointment. Yeah, it unfortunately was because of uh, uh, other circumstances that were beyond, I guess, people's capabilities, I guess. Because uh, the original bombing of the limo and uh, taking out Vince McMahon uh, was set to have him gone, but also to bring in the illegitimate child to say, hey, you know, I deserve part of this company too. Uh, going against Shane and Stephanie and Triple H. And that was supposed to be Ken Kennedy, hence the Kennedy part, because oh. he was named after his daddy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. All right? And that's how he went by uh, that. And they might have even added the Anderson afterwards because he would have been Ken Kennedy Anderson, but actually McMahon uh, and the whole thing that way. But then Benoit had to screw everything up unfortunately and uh that sent all the stories in different directions and then of course the storyline didn't pay off because randy orton got uh ticked off at ken kennedy for doing some sort of move in the ring and thought he was dangerous and went bawling his eyes out to vince and bye bye ken and here's your son hornswoggle yay oh dear god carrying on Oh, also on that episode. Couldn't couldn't um, they have just done the hand? Maybe that would explain if the hand would have come out. It was um, actually him that impregnated. Very young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. At least it would have made the, sense. <laughs> yeah, on that episode, they actually played the dating game with uh, Duggan, uh, Farouk, <laughs> and uh, Santino trying to get a date with Maria. Nice. Damn. I wasn't watching wrestling at that time. Uh, I might have been watching Raw, but anything that happened over at SmackDown, I wasn't watching that. So, Well, it was Raw. Oh, well, then I forgot about it. It's Damn. a happy 35th birthday of Re... Um, okay, Ready? yeah, I'm on the right one. It's a happy 35th birthday of Rebecca Reyes, best known to wrestling fans as Remy Sky. Uh, Sky would wrestle for Lucha Libre, Shine, TNA, Omega, and more. Uh, she married Matt Hardy in 2013, and they have two wonderful four. children together. They have four kids. Oh, four. I'm sorry. Wow, they got four. 
I'll update that. He's uh, or Matt's already starting his own party party. Nice. And having his own faction. It's a happy 35th birthday to Thomas Raymond Latimer, uh, a.k.a. former original NXT Ascension member and the ex-husband of Ashley Fleer. Um, today would have been the 73rd birthday of uh, Adolfo Bresciano, a.k.a. Dino Bravo. Uh, he was born in Italy. Uh, he would adopt the name Dino Bravo based on a 60s wrestler who teamed with Dominic Danucci. Uh, Bravo and Danucci would capture the WWF Tag Team Champion from Pro Professor Tanaka and Mus Mr. Fuji in 1978. Bravo would leave in 86 when he found out a scheduled contest between him and Hogan in Montreal was cancelled. It was believed the crowd would cheer Bravo over Hulk Hogan, and we couldn't have that. No. He'd return in 1987, much bigger and blonde hair. He'd become the world's strongest man after beating the world record for a bench press. You helped him, Jesse. Shut up, McMahon. Uh, Bravo would be managed by Frenchie Martin and would run around the ring with the Quebecois Fleur du Lis flag. I'm pretty bad in French, but I think I got that. Uh, following Martin's departure, Bravo joined Jimmy Hart's stable, teaming with the Canadian Earthquake and feuded with the Ultimate Warrior. Hulk Hogan and Tugboat, he would retire April of 92 and train wrestlers in Montreal. Unfortunately, however, on March 10th of 1993, Dino was found shot dead in his home while watching hockey in Quebec. He was 44 years old. And I remember hearing about that, walking to work, um... And uh, hearing that, it was it was awful. Yeah, you gotta love uh, mobs in uh, Montreal area, and I think there was stuff about cigarettes and God only knows what. Um, yeah, it was covered in a uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, I think in season one, uh, if not season two. Uh, but yeah, it was covered uh, by them, and just weird circumstances. Uh, and it's also interesting and weird that how it is in Canada Canadians are not allowed to lose to an American because oh my god that would just be the worst thing I remember hearing not only the story with Dino Bravo uh, and needing to go over Hogan uh, and it, the same thing happened with uh, the Rougeaus it also happened with PCO uh, Pierre Carolette uh, with uh, a match against, I believe, Diesel, uh, or some one of the Click members, and God forbid, you know, you, uh, somebody from that area lost because all hell would break loose, and I don't know, it's just really weird. And it goes as far to uh, how Bret Hart could not lose in Montreal to Shawn Michaels and uh, give up the belt, even though he was losing and uh, leaving. It's a weird part of our country, that's for sure. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, uh, Dino Bravo, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. I loved his sidewalk slam. It's a happy 79th birthday to James Fanning, a.k.a. Jimmy Valiant. Uh, Valiant, of course, was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame back in 1996. It would also have been the 84th birthday of Grizzly Smith. Sean, would you like to read this one? <laughs> Well, consider your notes also 
Uh, it says, uh, this piece of shit uh, fathered uh, three wrestlers, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Grizzly uh, raped his mother at the age of 12 years old. Uh, and that was uh, his girlfriend's daughter that uh, was the mother of uh, Jake Roberts. Also, Sam Houston and Rockin' Robin. This was one of the major uh, episodes and one of the latest episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, they had a sister uh, who uh, apparently disappeared and was kidnapped. And they, she might have gotten put in a meat grinder or something, they were thinking. Uh, kind of weird. Uh, she just totally disappeared. Uh, there was a brother that uh, who's not part of wrestling either. But if you watch the episode, everybody joked that, oh, you know, the young girls are hanging out with Grizz. But they never really put their foot down and put two and two together type deal. But Grizzly would end up going uh, to people's houses and talk. we talk these people into letting their child, usually their daughter, yeah, young daughters, go on a weekend trip with Grizzly Smith because it's Uncle Grizz. And Yikes. I guess one time, and one of the stories that was told by Rock and Robin was that he brought one of the girls over to her house, and uh, Robin knew what was going on and went, whoa, 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 this is not happening, and put her foot down and uh, actually saved the girl, uh, at least that weekend. But, yeah, it just really messed up uh, with that. Maybe the gate man had a great, brilliant mind for wrestling, and that's where Jake gets it from. But he is a world-class piece of dirt, uh, jackass. Like, and then the way he abused his kids, and Jake always was living in his shadow, wanting to. And we saw this in uh, at least a couple of the videos. He wanted to shove the business down his dad's throat and prove that he was better than him uh, because his dad never gave him any praise. Even when he, Jake did well, he still was like, "Meh, it's okay." So, yeah, Grizz, goodbye. Thank you for coming out. Next. I agree. August 7th. 56 years ago in Minneapolis, Larry Henning and Harley Race defeated Vern Gagne and the Crusher to win the AWA World Tag Team Championship. 28 years ago in Philly, Eddie Gilbert and the Dark Patriot defeated the Super Destroyers in a tournament final to win the vacated Eastern Championship Wrestling Tag Team Championship. 20 years ago at a SmackDown taping in LA, California, Diamond Dallas Page and Canyon defeated the APA to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Who better than Canyon? I don't think anybody is. Also, the Brothers of Destruction uh, that defeated the Natural Born Thrillers, who was Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, to win the WCW Tag Team Championship. And the show also marked the end for the original SmackDown set and the Ovaltron. Uh, sounds like kind of, some kind of drink they could have had. Uh, Rhino would gore Jericho through the mini Ovaltron. Uh, the next week would feature the Fist set. Yes, as you see on the screen... Uh, we're going to see how Rhino just take it, Chris Jericho, with a spear. And there's oh, there we go. I didn't. I'm, there, I'm on my screen's on there now. Watch this and Kablamo. And there. there literally wasn't anything to it. It was just a yep. sheet. It was. And some poles holding it up. And people came behind it to come out to the uh, 
show. And you see the projector right there that was uh, flashing the uh, big SmackDown yep. uh, law into the uh, back of it. And yeah, so simple of a yep. set uh, covered with the uh, rings that uh, led into almost a tunnel type feeling. But this shows the, 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 um, the indie promotions here. If you got yourself a projector, which I got myself one of those, and you've got a um, even a sheet will do it. But uh, of course, the better the quality, the better the picture, and you can set it on reverse and blammo, you've got the exact same set. Yep. Oh, minus of course the big circles there, with shooting out fireworks. But you know. So, uh, sorry. Go ahead. One step at a time. Yes, one step at a time. That's right. We'll build the other part later. We could build that. Anyways, 19 years ago, Ron the Truth Killings defeated Ken Shamrock to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at a NWA TNA Weekly pay-per-view taping. The win would make Killings the first recognized African-American NWA champion. Uh, the main event also uh, saw Loki defeat AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn in a three-way bout to win the TNA X Division Championship. Yeah, I think people would be surprised uh, to know that the guy who is a almost 60-time 24-7 champion comedy uh, relief is a former NWA champion. Yep. Kind of sad, but kind of cool in the same. Yep. 17 years ago at a Ring of Honor's Testing Limit in Philadelphia show, the Rottweilers, uh, Ricky Reyes and Rocky Romero, defeated the Second City Saints, CM Punk and Colt Cabana uh, to win the ROH Tag Team Championship. Ten years ago, TNA presented Hardcore Justice. DeLangelo De Niro uh, defeated Devon in a Bound for Glory series match. Uh, Winter defeated Mickey James to capture the TNA Knockouts Championship. Fortune consisted of AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Kazarian. They defeated Immortal, which was Abyss, Gunner, and Scott Steiner. And the main event, Kurt Angle defeated Sting to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. It's Sting! I always liked how Gary Capetta said Sting. Sting! Anyways. It's a happy 55th birthday to Christine Wolf, a.k.a. WCW's Asia. Uh, the former Hawaiian Tropic model and bodybuilder made her WCW debut as Ric Flair's head nurse, Double D, in 1999. Later in the year, she would join the Revolution Stable and was renamed Asia. Wonder who that was named after. How original. Uh, Wolf uh, would retire from wrestling after her WCW release and resumed her career in bodybuilding as well as performed in barrel races. How lucky for the horse. August 8th, 60 years ago in Minnesota, Vern Gagne defeats Gene Kaniski to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship for the second time. 58 years ago in Armorillo, Texas, Vern Gagne... Well, he defeated Fritz Von Erich to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship for the fifth time. Gotta love it when the owner is the uh, booker and the uh, also active wrestler. Um, yeah, some of them win it too many times, but hey, you know what? He, he's Jerry Lawler. He's talented. Yeah. Well, that was just, I don't know. 
me that's silly having it change that many times you know that's okay for a 24-hour championship to change times that many times because it's stupid idea to begin with but hey it's wrestling it, and it can work it, it worked in the late 90s i don't know if it's working as well now but 55 years ago robert frederick aka ed the strangler lewis died in new york city he began wrestling professionally at age of 14. He would use the name Ed the Strangler in tribute to the 1890s star wrestler Evan Strangler Lewis. And so his parents wouldn't find out. Lewis was post-humorously uh, inducted into the inaugural class of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, back in 96. National Wrestling uh, Professional Wing in 1999. The Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, 2002, and of course he would join the WWE Hall of Fame in 2016 as a legacy member. And he was 75. 40 years ago in Greensboro, Wahoo McDaniel defeats Rowdy Rowdy Piper to win the NWA United States Championship. 28 years ago in Philly, Tito Santana defeated Don Morocco to win the NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Well, yeah, championship in the twice. Hey. 24 years ago in Memphis, Tennessee, Dutch Mantel defeated Jerry Lawler to become the last USWA Unified Heavyweight Champion as the company would fold in November. This would be Dutch's third title reign. Good old Dirty Dutch. The old Dirty Dutch. That's Martel. Yeah, I met him. On the same show, Steve Dunn and uh, Flash Flanagan defeated PG-13, and that was J.C. Ice and Wolfie D, to win the USWA Tag Team Championship for their third time. 23 years ago, in WCW, they presented Road, Wire, uh, Road Wild from the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in Sturgis, South Dakota. Yikes, I'm having trouble in Sturgis. Uh, this was a free admission event, which I didn't know that that actually was. And only 8,500 uh, people were in attendance with 365,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Uh, the show featured Jay Leno's one and only wrestling match. And country star Travis Tritt performed post-show on the pay-per-view. Some of the matches on that card. Saturn defeated Raven and Chris Kenyon in a Raven's Rules triangle match. Ray Mysterio Jr. defeated Psychosis. Juventud Guerrero defeated Chris Jericho to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And Dean Stinko Malenko was the special referee. Bill Goldberg last eliminated the Giant to win an NWA, NWO versus Goldberg Battle Royal. Uh, Goldberg's WCW World Heavyweight Championship was not at stake. Really? That's dumb. And Diamond Dallas Pension, Jay Leno, defeated Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. This was yeah. actually one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views. Not this particular one, but the set, just the feel of it and everything. It was sad as the years went on, less and less people actually went to the show. Yeah, I actually enjoyed the outdoor uh, shows and made WCW look uh, special and unique compared to uh, WD always being in arenas. Uh, at that time, I think WD had only done WrestleMania uh, 9 and SummerSlam 92, basically, yeah. outdoors. Uh, by that time, and also the big event um, at 
at the CNE, but everything else basically been indoors. When you had WCW, they were doing nitros outdoors at uh, Panama City. You had uh, bashes at the beach outdoors or beach blasts. You had uh, every August, you had to look forward to their uh, the motorcycle rally in Sturgis. Of course, unfortunately, the fans really didn't care. They were just there for a free show, and some people didn't even know who was who, mm. and a lot of drunkenness was there. So there's pluses and minuses for that uh, going on, and when there's only uh, about 8,500 people, uh, because they're also on their motorcycles at ringside, in a couple of the events, they were actually sitting on their motorcycles uh, there and revving them up. You don't have a lot of room for uh, people to be there, and you can't really charge anybody for it because it's a free show. Uh, the aspect with the f- no way of putting it together to uh, charge mm-hmm. and get people to attend, and I doubt if they charged anybody, people would be uh, that many people would even have been there. But it was a nice way to tailgate, and as you see on screen. That big arm lock, uh, wrist lock that uh, Jay Leno has on Hogan, and Hogan's selling it like he's about to have his arm ripped out of his socket. Yeah. Jay Leno hulking up. But it was good in uh, theory, and I know there's a couple of episodes of 83 Weeks that uh, Eric Bischoff has talked about some of these uh, uh, Sturgis shows and uh, even the bike ride to get there with the talent and yeah, some good listens too with a three weeks involving uh, these Sturgis rallies. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you knew, but the uh, big event in Toronto that was part of the 18-day CNE at the time, and the show was actually free. No, I did not know that. Yeah, it was actually part of the whole omission um, back then. So one reason well, I why it, they got the numbers point- that they did. Yeah, at that point also, uh, in that case, that would have been uh, the CNE paying yes. WWE for and that's show. What, and that's and what they did is they paid a flat fee for WWE, or sorry, WWF at the time to put on the show. Exactly. All righty, uh, moving on to, oh. I believe we're on, there we are. 23 years ago from Osaka, Japan, uh, Chono defeated uh, Tatsumi Fujinami to win the I. WGP Heavyweight Championship. 11 years ago today, WWE signed Kobe Lopez, at the time known as Tyler Black, the ROH World Heavyweight Champion, to a developmental contract. He would soon be renamed Seth Rollins. And he was the first ever NXT uh, champion. Yes, yes, he is. It's a happy 47th birthday to Scott Francis Damore. Uh, he was the manager of TNA's Team Canada. Scott founded Border City Wrestling in his native Windsor, Ontario, Canada. The promotion ran from 93 to 2003. He also ran the KM Wrestling School and trained dozens of wrestlers, notably Chris Sabin. Uh, Damore is now an owner of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, he has an online, uh, on air presence as well, uh, almost weekly with uh impact and uh when they did a show a couple of years ago at the rebel in toronto i uh ended up running into a meeting uh him and talked to him after the show briefly all right 
Hey, it's a happy uh, 54th birthday to Rena Merlet Lesnar. Of course, a.k.a. formerly Sable. Of course, Samo is married to Brock Lesnar, and they have two children together. Yeah, that was quite the uh, day that she got hired because they uh, actually interviewed uh, Mark Marrow to come in for a job. And Vince McMahon loved the Johnny B. Bad character. You can hear with us uh, a couple times during uh, Bruce Pritchard's Something to Wrestle With uh, show. And the story goes that they, yeah, Rena came with Mark uh, for the interview. And they love the charisma of Johnny B. Bad, but unfortunately they weren't going to be able to get Johnny B. Bad because that was a WCW character. And uh, after he got hired, they walked out of the room. JR was back at his office, gets a phone call from uh, Vince, goes, did you see what I saw? And he, they were just seeing Star in Rena and kind of overlooked Mark. So it's unfortunate in one regards because that cost Mark Marrow his marriage she outshone him uh career-wise so unfortunately uh he wasn't able to get the uh power star power that he probably could have gotten if he wasn't overshadowed by her and then as i said the marriage ended and a bunch of lawsuits that happened with wde and her a couple playboy uh, issues i think at least three one with tori wilson she came back uh, again, even though she sued them, and then she ended up meeting Brock, and I think they've had some kids together. So good and bad came out of that initial meeting of hiring Mark Merrill. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, Mark Merrill, uh, it was during the, he came in during the Attitude Era. I would have just called them Bitchard Simmons. I'm sorry, the black Bitchard Simmons. That's what I would have done. Yeah. But I think there's there's a recent uh, podcast where one of the guys, um, I think it's in my house. Uh, it's one of the podcasts here on the Johnners Podcast Network. They actually had Mark Merrow on there, and he talks about some of the regrets of having Rena with him and what happened there. So uh, check that out if you get a chance. Yes. And we're going to end August 8th on a sad note. Uh, it would have been the 93rd birthday of Alfred George James Hayes, of course, a.k.a. Lord Alfred Hayes. August 9th, 41 years ago, WWF presented Showdown at Shea Stadium in Flushing, New York. Uh, Thirty Over 36,000 fans were in attendance. Uh, uh, Fujinami defeated Chavo Guerrero, that would be, I'm sure, Chavo Sr., yes, uh, to retain the WWF Junior Heavyweight Championship. Antonio Noki defeated Larry Sharp via submission to retain the WWF Martial Arts uh, Championship. I don't remember, I remember Larry Sharp only being a jobber. I don't remember a Martial Arts Championship. Yeah, neither do I, but apparently... WWF did have a lot of different titles. Um, uh, one of theirs is part of is it J Cup or something. I can't remember. Anyways, I know it's coming up. I think next week. Uh, Andre the Giant defeated Hulk Hogan. Bob Backlund and Pedro Morales defeated the Samoans, being Alpha and Sika, to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. However, due to a one belt rule, since Backlund had sorry Backlund had to give up the belts. Uh, because he already was the world champion. Uh, so, of course, what's the point of them challenging for the titles if they couldn't win? Ugh. 
And Bruno San Martino defeated Larry Zabisco in a steel cage match. 34 years ago in St. Louis, Missouri, Ric Flair defeats Dusty Rhodes to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the fifth time. Rhodes would pass out from the figure four, and the soldiers were counted for the three. 24 years ago in Philly, Sabu defeated Terry Funk in an insane barbed wire match to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. The match was heavily edited for TV, and both wrestlers would have to be cut apart after Sabu, covered in barbed wire, landed on Funk, who was also covered in barbed wire also. And then, of course, he jumped onto the table. It's a wonderful match to watch if you uh, like that. It's really not that gruesome except for the, the one shot where if you pause it, you can see his biceps torn open, but it's... It's not as bad as it, the other stuff out there. It's actually a, a well-done one. It just shows how dangerous it can be. 20. Oh, so, did you want to comment on that? No, it's just kind of crazy. Okay, okay, great. 24 years ago, WCW presented the renamed uh, Hog Wild event, Road Wild, uh, from the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. The name change was to avoid a potential trademark uh, issue with Harley Davidson as they own, owned the trademark rights to uh, Hog, which is kind of wild. Uh, about uh, 6,500 6, were in attendance for the free show and uh, 240 homes watching on pay-per-view. Those numbers are down from the year before. Conan defeated Rey Mysterio in a Mexican death match. Alex Wright defeated Chris Jericho to retain the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. The Giant defeated Randy Savage. And Hollywood Hogan defeated Lex Luger to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. 22 years ago, over on Monday Nitro uh, from Boise, Idaho, Chris Benoit defeated David Flair to win the WCW United States Championship. And the main event saw Hulk Hogan wearing his trademark red and yellow for the first time in three years as he, Sting, and Goldberg defeated Sid Vicious, Kevin Nash, and Rick Steiner. The return of Hulkamania wasn't enough to win the ratings war, as on Raw's War from Chicago, Illinois, Chris Jericho made his debut being revealed as the Millennium Man. The crowd popped when his name came up on the Titantron, and it was a big pop. He'd have some words for the WWF Universe, declaring it Monday Night Jericho. He would then have a great promo with The Rock. Great debut. Do you think that was the greatest debut? It was a really good debut. Uh, somehow, somebody uh, knew what was going on. You sound like a robot right now. Somehow they... Perfect. Yeah, somehow somebody knew... Uh, he was going to be there because there was a sign that somebody made that said Raw is Jericho. And uh, so I kind of was surprised, but uh, the countdown clock, uh, oddly enough, ending in August instead of the end of the year, uh, right at the same time as Brock was in the ring and being able to get a rub that uh, quickly out of the shoot from being a cruiserweight, barely scratching the surface of going after the TV title. Uh, in WCW and coming out and going one-on-one -on -one with the great one uh, verbally uh, on his first night, that's a huge debut. Um, there are probably some others that are just big, but that is, uh, you can't get much bigger when you're going 
uh, sparring verbally with the top guy in the business at the time. And yeah, just great debut. Unfortunately, the follow-up had him going against uh, mid-carders, but you did eventually uh, beat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night to become the undisputed champion. So not so bad. And I know uh, our uh, one friend there wouldn't uh, like this comment, but I personally think Jericho's one of the best that's ever been. He has a great wrestling mind, and he made bad situations good for him. Uh, he was definitely one of the more entertaining guys on WCW. Yep. Okay, moving on. Oh, I just got evil text messages. Uh, do, 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 uh, there we go. And Kane and X-Pac, uh, also on that show, would defeat the Acolytes, uh, being Farouk and Bradshaw, to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. After the match, Kane would speak for the first time without his special voice box. Yeah, and the so main event... Just uh, with the picture that's up right now, yep. uh, quickly, uh, they did uh, afterwards go back and take some photos together. And there was also this uh, set that were taken because they made a special green version of Kane uh, because of DX. But thankfully, that only lasted uh, for like one show. And I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, not many people do, but. Yeah, they tried to have him the green machine, but it just didn't work. He was yeah. a big red machine, and he always will be the big red machine king. You know, take that same kind of concept, but turn it into a lumberjack that wears a mask because his face was crushed by a tree. There we go. And they had lumberjacks the before. Yeah. The main event of the evening had China. Yes, the main event had China defeat Triple H and The Undertaker in a triple threat falls count match uh, anywhere uh, to become the first woman to be the number one contender for the WWF Championship. Unfortunately, a week later, though, she would lose that shot to mankind. In the ratings war, Raw did a 6.4 and Nitro had a 3.1. 11 years ago, here. TNA taped the whole effing show. Uh, Kurt Angle defeated AJ Styles. Angelina Love defeated Madison Rain to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. The Motor City Machine Guns defeated Beer Money Inc. 2-1 in a best of three falls match to win the best of five series 3-2 and retain the TNA World Tag Team Championship. And Rob Van Dam uh, defeated Abyss in a stairway to Janice. I'm not sure what where the Janice came from. Uh, match to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And Eric Bischoff was the special referee. Janice was a two by four covered in uh, spike nails. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. That Abyss would use. Nice. 11 years ago at a SmackDown taping, Cody Rhodes defeated Ezekiel Jackson to win the WWE IC belt. 11 years ago on Impact, Mexican America, being Anarquia and Hernandez, defeated Beer Money, being Robert Rude and James Storm, to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. Six years ago, Triple A presented Triple Mania 
23 from Mexico City. This would mark the first English pay-per-view broadcast for the Mexican promotion since Worlds collided back in 94 with WCW. The broadcast would be plagued with audio issues except the main event. Triple A would apologize for the issues. However, that didn't stop the negative reception the pay-per-view got. Wrestling Observer uh, would um, vote it the stinker of the year in 2015. And the Villanos versus the Lost Psych Circus um, bout was voted the worst match of 2005. So Google those if you want to see some bad matches. And both Pedro Aguero Jr. and Hector Garza, Garza were posthumously inducted into the AAA Hall of Fame during the show. And the other matches had uh, El Patron Alberto defeat uh, uh, Brian Cage in a hair versus hair match. And Rey Mysterio Jr. defeated Mr. Z's. It's a happy 30th birthday to Alexis Kaufman a.k.a. Alexa Bliss. Uh, Kaufman took up bodybuilding after battling a life-threatening eating disorder. Her bodybuilding experience got her in the doors of WWE in May 2013. It's a happy 38th birthday to Elizabeth Malkowski, a.k.a. Lizzie Valentine. You may not know how uh, as part of a short-lived stable of all women, oh geez, I'm messing that up. It was a part of she was a part of a short-lived stable of all females in TNA called Bitch Slap. She'd also gained fame as Matt Seidel's girlfriend on Wrestling Society X. Yeah, I've not seen her before. Yeah, August 10th, 44 years ago in Florida, Hulk Hogan made made his professional wrestling debut against Brian Blair. 37 years ago at a WWF taping in St. Louis, Missouri, the Junkier Dog made his WWF debut, defeating Max Blue. Mid-South Wrestling owner Bill Watts was impressed as JYD didn't give any notice as he was leaving, and this is how they found out. Yeah, just walked out on him. Just walked out. What a dog. 29 years ago in Tokyo, Big Van Vader defeated Riki Gushu to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and would hold it for 374 days, which was a record at the time. 25 years ago today, WCW presented Hog Wild from the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in Sturgis, and this time only 5,000 were in attendance. In the matches that aired on the pay-per-view, Rey Mysterio Jr. defeated the Ultimo Dragon to uh, retain the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Medusa defeated Bold Nakano. As a result of the win, Medusa was allowed to destroy Nakano's motorcycle. The Outsiders uh, defeated Stink and Lex Luger. And the main event saw Hollywood Hogan defeat the Giant to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. After the match, Hogan would spray the WCW title with the NWO logo, and the Booty Man was rejected by the NWO with a beatdown. Ed Leslie would return in February of 1998 back in WCW as the Disciple. And I believe this was the first time that Hogan did the spray paint on the belt. Yeah, because that's when he actually got the title from... Uh, Giant was there because he turned uh, heel uh, in July at Bash at the Beach 
and this was then his first uh, shot at the belt. Uh, the poster, uh, interestingly enough, was created obviously before Hogan turned heel because he's got the red and uh, yellow and everything going on that way. And I think because uh, you also mentioned the matches that aired on the pay-per-view um, was due to also um, a pre-show was like a two-hour version of WCW Saturday Night yep. on TBS, which then led into the pay-per-view. Yes, uh, a lot of their pay-per-views were like that. Sometimes it was, it was just too much wrestling, uh, even though I like a lot of wrestling, but watching WCW Saturday Night and then you go into a pay-per-view, it's a lot of, a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, moving on to 24 years ago in uh, Japan, Shinjiro Otani defeated El Samurai to win the J-Crown. Otani would be the last J-Crown ch champion uh, winner as the WWF re revived their lightweight heavyweight division and ordered their belt to be returned to the WWF. All other belts associated with the J-Crown would be returned, except the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. 23 years ago today, three championships changed hands during that week's Monday Night Wars. Over on Nitro, Lex Luger defeated Brad Hart. And over on Raw, uh, Kane and Mankind defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker, The Nation, uh, which was The Rock and D'Lo Brown, and the New Age Outlaws uh, in a four corners match to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Also making an appearance was John Wayne Bobbitt, a man who made international news after his then-wife Chumpy Choppied his PP in 93. Yeah, and that was part of uh, his appearance was the, due to the fact of uh, Mrs. Yamaguchi hooking up with uh, Val Venus and uh, Kai and Tai doing the choppy choppy uh, yes. segment leading up to John Wayne Bobbitt rolling uh, Val out and doing a press conference together. Yeah. Uh, I must say, it's one of my favorite raw moments. Chubby Chubby, your baby. All right, uh, where am I here? There we go. 18 years ago at a house show in Des Moines, Iowa, Christian defeated Booker T to win the WWE IC belt. The title change uh, call came as Booker T needed time off to recover from a back injury. 13 years ago, TNA presented Hard Justice from New Jersey. Beer Money, uh, being Robert Rube and Jane, James Storm, defeated the Latin American Exchange. Homicide and Hernandez to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. Jay Lethal defeated Sanjay Dutt in a black tie brawl in chain match. And Samoa Joe defeated Booker T in a steel cage weapons match to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Seven years ago, New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling presented the final day of the 2014 G1 Climax Tournament. Okada defeated Shinsuke Nakamura to win the 2014 uh, G1 tournament and an IWGP Heavyweight Championship match at Wrestle Kingdom 9. It's a happy 41st birthday to former bare-knuckle fighter Stuart Alexander Bennett. 
aka Wade Barrett. And did you know Bennett was stabbed in an attempt robbery? The attack left him with a foot-long scar on his upper back. I've never noticed that. I got some bad news for you. Yes, you've been stabbed. And now he is the uh, lead commentator on uh, NXT, uh, at least until uh, some changes potentially happen after uh, some of the releases and rumors uh, coming to that brand uh, potentially. Uh, But he was also the original uh, NXT season one when it was a competition uh, winner and leader of the Nexus. And it's a happy 65th birthday to Fred Oddman, uh, a.k.a. Tugboat Typhoon, and, of course, the short-lived The Shockmaster. And, of course, he is the, um, is he like the brother or brother-in-law of Dusty Rhodes? Brother-in-law of Dusty Rhodes. Brother-in-law, brother-in-law uh, of Dusty. There you go. Yeah, I remember hearing uh, stories about that. And also uh, when, uh, I guess, Shockmaster uh, debuted, Cody was watching at home going, that's Uncle Fred, as he tumbled through the uh, doorway or the wall. Um, he also and the tumble the- was not his fault. The tumble was not his fault. No, uh, that was uh, due to uh, Ole Anderson putting in a, uh, or somebody putting in a uh, uh, piece of wood right at knee level to sturdy the wall and didn't tell anybody. And that was yep. horrible. Arn, I mean, Oli was the voice of Shockmaster at first, uh, but actually, if you, I'm not sure if it's still available. Uh, at one point on Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, Ottman had a Three Faces of Ottman uh, hmm. t-shirt available, where he had Tugboat, Typhoon, and Shockmaster, but he nice. still carries around that uh, helmet, which is basically a uh, Stormtrooper helmet covered in glitter. Fantastic. And then after tripping through the wall, he just became a clumsy electrician. Yep. And it's too bad because you know what? He had one of the neatest and scariest looking drop kicks. The way he did that missile drop kick from standing position was pretty fucking neat. August 11th, 31 years ago, the American Wrestling Association ran its final television taping. It was a rough ending for what was once one of the leading wrestling organizations in the U.S., Piece of crap, Buck Zumhoff uh, defeated Joni Stewart to win the vacated AWA Lightweight Heavyweight Championship. And Jake Milliman uh, won a battle royal to give Larry's Legends the victory in the AWA te- Team Challenge Series and $1 million. Yeah, I'm sure they're going out of business. Yeah, they're going to throw a million out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the Team Challenge Series. It was kind of fun, but the matches were also dumb at the same time. And then uh, by that time, they were also doing uh, very much chroma key, uh, green screen audiences, and just doing it in a studio, much like uh, we've been seeing during the pandemic with no fans Mm -hmm. uh, around. Uh, They were doing it in 1990, 89, 90, uh, before the uh, AWA collapsed. But to know that it was such a big powerhouse, uh, one of the top organizations in the world, and to see it go down like it did, it's kind of sad. Uh, at one point, it became the number three, and then in came Ring of Honor. I mean, sorry, um, ECW basically took over uh, AWA spot. And yeah, there's always been, it seems, a three 
Uh, right now, there's a bunch of them, but usually I number one, two, and three in the world, and uh, or at least North America, because uh, at one time it was uh, WWF, NWA, and a uh, AWA. Then it became WWF, uh, WCW, uh, ECW, and then Impact and Ring of Honor took over when WCW and uh, ECW went down. And now we have AEW, and we're still not too sure who our number three is because it could be possibly Ring of Honor or MLW or everybody's fighting for number three right now. Everyone's fighting to be the Snapple. Exactly. 30 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, uh, Meshishiro Chono defeated Kenji Muda, uh, or probably spelled, Mu, uh, sorry, pronounced Muto back then. I'm not sure. Not sure if that's still Muda or Muto. I don't know. Anyways, in the final match to win the 91 G1 Climax Tournament. After the show, the Japan Sumo Association, who owned the Sumo Hall, would ban pillows from the venue. Pillows were sold to make the wooden boxes uh, patrons sat on more comfortable. However, fans that night decided to throw the pillows into the ring after the matches. So, (laughs) streamers, yes. Pillows, no. 25 years ago, Rick Rude would return to the WWF on Raw is War in Biloxi, Mississippi, as Shawn Michaels' insurance policy. Ten years ago, the boxer known as the Fighting Frenchman from Coon Rapids, Minnesota, Alan Scott died from complications of ALS, being Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was only 62. And lastly, going on to August 12th, 33 years ago, both Owen Hart and Kurt Henning made their WWF television debuts. Uh, Both would win their TV debuts, Hart as the Blue Angel, who defeated Barry Horowitz, and Henning defeated Special Delivery Jones. And hey, did you know Hart was the first foreign-born wrestler to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship? Yeah, kind of surprising, but not at the same time because he was so talented. However, whoever made that mask of his really needed to be... Uh, oh, yeah, yikes. Yeah, just really bad. And then he became the Blue Blazer instead and oh. took on Kurt Hennig in a really good classic if they'd been given more time at WrestleMania 5. Oh, looks like, I don't know, doesn't even look like a real person in there. All right, moving on. Uh, 29 years ago in Tokyo, Japan... Uh, Mashir Chono defeated Ravishing Rick Rude in the final match to win the G1 Climax Tournament and the vacated NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 29 years ago in Philly, Johnny Hotbody defeated Larry Winters to become the first Eastern Championship Wrestling Television Champion. 24 years ago at a WCW Saturday Night Taping in Colorado, uh, Chris Jericho defeated Alex Wright to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 16 years ago in Dayton, Ohio, James Gibson defeated CM Punk, Christopher Daniels, and Samoa Joe in a four-way match to win the ROH World Belt. James Gibson, also known as uh, Jimmy... Uh, oh, man. I just drew a blank... Uh, that's okay. You can come back to us. Yep. 
15 oh, yeah. years ago in Liverpool, England, Brian Danielson defeated Nigel McGuinness to unify the ROH World and Pure Championships. The ROH Pure Championship was retire- retired following the match. I just remembered. It's Jamie Noble. That's it. I say I saying Jimmy something, and it's Jamie Noble. And it's nice that they t- the four of them took a photo together right after the uh, match happened. Regardless of the fighting for the title and Jamie Noble coming out on top, even though he was the shortest one in the photo. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Jamie Noble. Yay. And of course, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson with the double titles. Okay. Did we do the Brian Danielson one? Yes, we did. Excellent. Uh, 14 years ago, TNA presented Hard Justice. Uh, this show was the debut of Adam Pacman Jones, the troubled football player of the then Tennessee Titans. Pacman could not use physical contact due to a restraining order from the NFL Titans. Uh, Pacman at the time was suspended for a year following his involvement in a strip club shooting. On the card, Abyss Andrew Martin, uh, being aka Test from WWE years ago, or WWF, sorry, and Sting defeated Christian's Coalition, which was Christian Cage, AJ Styles, and Tomko in a Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. Martin, uh, this was his only TNA match as he was released weeks later due to his weight gain and suspected performance-enhancing drugs, which Congress was looking into at the time. And TNA World Heavyweight and IWGP Heavyweight Champion, which was the IGF version, Kurt Angle defeated Samoa Joe to win the TNA X Division and the World Tag Team Championship. 14 years ago, New Japan uh, Wrestling presented the semifinals and final of the G1 Climax, number 17, winner take all from the sumo, new sumo hall in Tokyo, Japan. I'm not sure if the new sumo hall allows pillows. Uh, in the G1 Climax 17 final, it uh, saw Tanahashi defeat Yuji Nagata to win the G1 Climax 17 tournament. Four years ago, TNA presented Hardcore Justice. One title changed hands on the card. Madison Rain defeated Miss Tessmacher to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. And nine years ago today, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented the final day of the G1 Climax 22, the one and only. The final saw uh, Okada defeat Carl Anderson to win the G1 Climax 22 tournament. And, of course, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match at Wrestle Kingdom 7. The win would make Okada uh, at age 24 as the youngest G1 winner ever at the time. Anderson was the first Gaijin uh, foreign-born wrestler to make the final since 1992, who was Ric Flair. Which was Ric Flair. It's a happy 49th birthday to Jonathan Coachman. And it's a happy 56th birthday to uh, uh, Juan Manuel Gonzalez Baron, a.k.a. Dr. Wagner Jr. He is the brother of wrestler and former CMLL World Tag Team Champion with Silver King. On the day of his debut in UWA, his tag team partner for that night was to be his father. 
Wagner Sr., however, he would be disabled after an auto accident. The accident also killed Wagner Sr.'s longtime tag partner, Angel Blanco. And it's a happy 58th birthday to Koji Kato. Uh, before his pro wrestling career, he was a sumo wrestler. And ended all off. It's a happy 66th birthday to Paul Warden Taylor III, a.k.a. the Red Rooster Terry Taylor. And of course, that's the end of this week in wrestling history. It is compiled from the past lane of Google, Wikipedia, KHIDSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor over at CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and sports book betting and casino games. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, Stay cool you know, and bet responsibly. That's right. Uh, so thank you, CoolBet, on that one. Uh, with uh, regards to Terry Taylor, he is uh, very polarizing. Some people like him, some people don't. Uh, he definitely plays the uh, backstage thing really well. He's the uh, stooge, uh, apparently, to uh, Dave Meltzer a lot of the times. That's how Dave finds out about things. And he's working with uh, NXT right now backstage. Uh, and I believe today's episode, Thursday, this episode of uh, Grilling JR is actually uh, Conrad and JR look at Terry Taylor and his career. So uh, if you want more about Terry Taylor, go check out Grilling JR with uh, Conrad and uh, JR. But, yeah, so thank you, everybody. Be sure to uh, stop by our Pro Wrestling Tea store, as I asked you to do earlier. Help uh, support uh, Stephen's Wrestling Journey with a, uh indie comic book cover, and that will be Kiri Malformation uh, Research. We are hoping to do a episode of uh, Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. If not tonight, definitely tomorrow, Friday night. Um, and then we will also be looking to, uh, I hope, do a next week's episode in advance because next Tuesday I'm getting a uh, surgery on my foot. And so I'm going to be out, uh, at least off my foot, for a bit. That doesn't mean I'm going to be stopping doing this. This is actually going to give me opportunity, being off work, to do more shows potentially catch back up on some fantasy warfare tournaments so if uh, you'd like to be a part of the tournament doesn't have to be uh jonesy and steven can be a mixture of steven and jonesy could be two other people along with myself i have a bunch of topics be sure to check out uh, the scumbags wrestling uh facebook page and uh, you'll see how you can uh, be a part of it there's different things coming up with SummerSlam, uh survivor series uh if we pre-record uh, to Put out at that time, a whole bunch of ECW uh, brackets, a couple different uh, title ones, including the European title, uh, best woman currently uh, out there right now. You know, there's a bunch of things coming up. I want to get Fantasy Warfare tournament back and going. We haven't been able to do it due to pandemic reopenings and life uh, trying to situate and find our footings. But with my foot going down, bad segue. Did not intend for that one. But with my foot going down, I'm going to have time. Let's try and uh, get uh, some of those shows back together. And uh, we'll see you definitely throughout the time. Support independent wrestling. 
And at the end of the month, also check out Hot uh, Heat Wave, the Hot Sauce Expo, August 28th and 29th. Budweiser Gardens, 35 vendors, I believe it is. Hot sauce, chicken wings, beer, you name it. Outside of Budweiser Gardens, festivals are happening. We already had uh, one here at the beginning of the month with uh, Rib Fest. And now we got uh, Heat Wave. Support local. London isn't far to drive, regardless of where you are in Ontario. So come on out, support, and also support independent wrestling. A lot of shows are coming up uh, during the month of August. So that's my spiel. Jonesy, you got anything else you want to add? I say ditto. Go and uh, check out the uh, Heat Wave. Uh, even if you don't like hot sauce, it's uh, a nice uh, time to get out and uh, see how festivals are working now. It's uh, it's fun to get out, and it's... Uh, uh, it can be done safely. Excellent. Yep. So yeah, uh, go get out and do that. And of course, if you're driving, check out the Johnners Podcast Network. Thirty different uh, podcasts, uh, different styles, different uh, things, interviews, history like us. You never know what you're going to hit. Johnners Podcast Network. It's great to uh, drive and listen to podcasts and keep up with everything. So thank you for being a part of this, Jonesy. We will talk very shortly. And uh, everybody else, have a great day.